Welcome to the Proactive Podcast, brought to you by Me Media. G'day, well, Chris Hogan coming to you for the Proactive Podcast, an episode 123, and I have a Michael Metcalf, who is the founder of Kind. That's K Y N D for those that are listening. Michael, welcome to the show, mate. It's been a long time coming. And, so easy. Uh, yeah, thanks for having us. I- I'm so glad to have you on. Bring You're it on. Looking forward to the chat. How old's Kind? Gosh, we started in uh, 2017 and obviously some uh, months and time getting our legs underneath us. So really kicked off early 2018. Yeah, unreal. And it's been awesome to watch the ride uh, from afar, you know, mm-hmm. just, you know, a few kilometres away from your office. <laughs> Not that far. <laughs> and mate, um, can you explain to people who Kind is and, and what it is you do? Yeah, absolutely. So Kind is a way for people to find and book the right NDIS support person. So effectively, if you have an NDIS plan or yourself or a family member's living with a disability, Kind helps you find the exact individual who's going to be right for your needs and simplify everything in between. Okay. Now, I said earlier that I don't have any... I'm very fortunate mm-hmm. to not have any uh, disabled people... in. in in my family that require, you know, care and are very grateful for that. But uh, I also don't fully understand what the NDIS has done for Australia. Mm-hmm. And, and this came in, this, uh, this whole new scheme came in right at the beginning uh, of Kind's birth, right? That was the almost catalyst for Absolutely. starting? Absolutely. It, it, um, I mean, so the whole scheme, it's all been decades of campaigning for change across Australia and that transition from an older, very traditional style system, old school thinking to more flexible, choice oriented uh, system for people with living living with disability and their families. What was the old school system? So the old school system was effectively very much geared around the providers. So you were allocated a large provider. There was so who was allocated? So the, uh, the person uh, who was living with a, a different type of disability, yep. it could be a physical disability, intellectual, but either way, they had very little choice, no to low flexibility in how their support needs were actually met and how they could go about things. And that's ultimately the crust of the NDIS. It's how can we give people a more person-centered, flexible approach to what they're doing. Okay. And did I hear you say that was uh, also state-based as well, um, off-camera, maybe? That's it, originally. So imagine, you know, all the states of Australia and the ACT, different systems, different approaches, different assessments of needs, different funding and packages, and ultimately making it really hard to have a, a consistent system. Imagine crossing those borders and all of a sudden you're without support yeah. or you're unable to take that uh, assistance need with you. So uh, a huge change as they talk about it in the Just media. Just bring that mic up, mate. Yeah. As they talk about it in the media, ultimately uh, the biggest social transformation since Medicare. Okay. And... So I'm I'm a disabled person, and back in the old school days, I would have had to I would have got some kind of, I guess, um, diagnosis that I was eligible for care, I was eligible for funding, and then what? What did I What did I get? So effectively, you were if you're in a certain postcode, certain region, you were likely allocated a provider. You were told, hey, that's who you're going to use. You don't get any real choice in the matter, and they might then dictate to you who's coming to your house or who's taking you out in the community, uh, when it's going to happen, 
you know, you don't get any real ability to say, well, hang on, you're charging me these maximum rates and that's limiting my funding, that's limiting my support hours and ultimately that's limiting my development, my evolution. So really a way when we look at this new transition to it's a wholesale change of how things are done in Australia. Yeah. Unreal. So now I get a choice. So in 2017 that changed? So it rolled out, started rolling out with pilot sites before 2017, but uh, on the Gold Coast, it effectively launched in the middle of 2018. Right. And, and that meant that now, in 2018, mm-hmm. I could choose almost like interview uh, for, the, for the right kind of skill set, right kind of personality, mm-hmm. right age, right capability and and i guess in strength you know if they need to be lifting people in and out of beds and stuff like that spot on all the variables yeah so previously if you're looking at going hang on all the power was with that large organization that provider organization the power now shifted to the ndis participant as they say or the the person living with a disability or whoever is assisting them to organize that support it can often be mom or dad or a relative or a professional support coordinator. So it was but basically power came to the person. It was almost like democratizing care. Looking to do so. Yeah. Absolutely. And the, there's a huge there's a long way to go. There are so many changes, you know, no system is perfect especially in those early days, but ultimately that person could now say, "All right, that funding package that I've been given from the government, that's with me. I'm going to choose how I implement it. I'm going to choose the either the right company or the right person or both." Great. So the NDIS uh, now provides funding. Who does the NDIS pay when it when it's you know uh, about when going, like I'm requesting care. Mm-hmm. I need care. Is it the individual? So the the, the disabled person, uh, the patient. Let's maybe call them. Is that what do you call them? Oh, so l- in terms of lingo, you just call them either the NDIS participant or a person living with a disability. Right. Uh, in in terms of how it works, that's where it gets pretty complex. You might need five hours on a podcast, <laughs> the, uh, as uh, as governments tend to do. The uh, the most simple system was not implemented, so there's multiple streams of how things are funded and different rules around how that works and where invoices and claims go. But uh, ultimately, people do have a little bit of choice in which stream they choose or which they apply for as okay. well. Okay. And then I get, how does Kind work? How does Kind help me through this process? Is it helps me find a, a, what, a nurse? What, what do you? Yeah, so support worker support or, uh, worker. or as, as we call them at Kind, a support pro. Uh, you know, want people to be proficient, proactive, professional yeah. and personal in, in what they do. So ultimately, if you've got an NDIS plan or it could, be, it could be a child, it could be a relative, you're able to go to Kind, log on, set up your profile and effectively, instead of just having a warm body come to your house or, or, or take you out during the day for whatever you're looking to do, you're able to find a really unique combination of variables. So if I'm looking for someone who can help me learn how to cook, and be independent. Um, I'd like them to speak French, ha- have experience with horse riding, uh, be female, and have a working with children check because my daughter's going to be around. I can find that person. So we use a combination of you know local people and really smart data and a simple platform to help the right people come together. And ultimately, that creates better relationships, loyalty, and way better outcomes for for what people are actually trying to achieve. Absolutely. That's amazing. I mean, you know, I want some... Sorry. um, I'm starting to, you know, put my 
my my <laughs> my list down of what I want in a person, but you know, like some some of the ideas that you just said there, you know, uh, someone that speaks French, you know, they could be they could be a guitar teacher, they mm-hmm. could they they almost give a whole new lease on life to people as well, you know, like um, being able to teach them something, mm-hmm. be able to impart some knowledge with them, and and potentially sharing something amazing that's it that's uh, it that and the big thing is most of the time you you're talking about non-medical care a lot of it is social support you're helping people advance towards their goals and you know integrate better into society or work or achieve that independence and so things like learning to play the guitar or um, helping a 17 year old um, feel safe on public transport and learning how to travel and get off at the right places oh, all, wow. all these things uh, services and support the NDIS is so designed to achieve. I could join and teach people how to do martial arts. Uh, that absolutely exists. Yeah. So, you know, exercise, physiology, keeping well, movement therapy, all those things are a huge thing. And there's a range of support, a range of services because it's all about that person's goals. Yeah. So your goals are different to my goals. I might want to achieve X, Y, and Z. We've had people um, join up to the kind platform who their goal is literally to do triathlons or, or, or go to the games. So there's a, there's a broad spectrum Holy of people cow. looking to do different things. That is very broad. Yeah, it's cool. It's inspiring <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Mate, so uh, where, where did this come from, like inside you? How did this come about? Like, what values... Did you tap mm. into, and let's start with that first. So what values did you, did you find within mm. yourself to to even want to start, kind? Yeah, it's a great question. And uh, people will often ask me that because if we look back at my career and my history, a lot of it has been in the hospitality space, in the tourism space. And uh, through startups, but also life experience, it basically, you know, what I tapped on is that what I want to do is help people with experiences, make things simpler, look at systems that need massive change. And it was just uh, fortuitous through family experience in about 2015 and 2016 that we actually got insight to both the aged care space and also what was going on in the disability world. And that led to hundreds of conversations with family, with friends, understanding how things are working and how things are not working in Australia. And it basically set off this light switch of curiosity for, wow, there's a massive change that's needed here. Imagine if we think about um, disability support and uh, aged care at the time as an experience. How can we make this end-to-end experience much better and impact a ton of people along the way? So, basically, you did some awesome market research by the sounds of thing, discovered a problem. Coffees. Coffees, basically. <laughs> so you know, no, no, no real, no real documents. No, that Tell is me market, what's going wrong in your life. That is market research, mate. Exactly. Because you, you were identi- and you identified a problem, and then you saw that problem exist, you know, a- and repeat mm. itself through every conversation, uh, albeit slightly different, you know, slightly unique for each individual. Yeah, I mean, if you if you went and did a uh, a survey around the Australian industry of, hey, how do you guys think whether whether you're receiving support or you're a support worker? How would you rate how things are being done? You're talking about one-star Google reviews everywhere. People feeling mm. trapped. People feeling that, um, how are we ever going to get ahead? How am I ever going to achieve some of my own goals in life because I don't have the right support in place? So it just became so crystal clear 
And in those early days, we had a bit more of a mantra of uh, all ages, all abilities. But what we learned over time was that what we were building and the right solution for the time was so aligned with the rollout of the National Disability Insurance Scheme and, uh, you know, people living with a disability. Timing, mate. Uh, knowledge and, and timing means that you're able to basically cash in on an opportunity. So um, that's fantastic. So then what became your purpose? How do you describe your personal purpose in life? Like what, what gets you out of bed you know, uh, on those tough days? Yeah, pretty lucky, don't I? Uh, I mean, you, you've got a lot of hard work to do when you're, uh, you're taking on this journey, of course, but uh, I would say never really tough days. Like everything, there's, there's such a passion for learning across our entire team and doing it better and watching our team have these strong debates about uh, the best way of doing things. That's, that's the biggest motivator. So we, we did a lot of thinking from all our learnings over the past two and three years and, and talking to people who are using kind on, on both sides, whether they're a support worker or, or, or a family or that person. And what became so clear to us that it's all about the right support, the right person, and you get the right support in place and that can change everything. It could mean a couple that's having a really tough life raising a child with a disability. They get that right support, that may save their marriage. That may help them devote more time to their other children that they feel so guilty because they're neglecting. It might help a person get into the workforce for the first time. It might help a support worker leave a job that they absolutely hate that's full of policy and red tape and bureaucracy and checklists and actually devote their time to supporting that person one-on-one with their needs. So mm. it's, uh, it's huge and we just we keep so many stories, we share every story we get and some of the life transformations that are already underway are absolutely huge. So that, it's, uh, my marketing brain is pretty going, motivating. My, my starting to uh, coin purpose statements for you now. Uh, you know, <laughs> the, the right person at the right time. Uh, uh, sorry, what was it? Uh, the right person. Well, the big one for us is the right support changes That's, everything the right support with the right person at the right time yeah that's a great purpose man yeah it's a big (laughs) it's a huge driver it's uh it's the whole thing of like yeah sure you might give uh everyone benefits a b c x y z with Mm. with what service and what the platform delivers to Mm. them but ultimately what are you actually doing Mm. you're looking to make someone's life easier and better and hassle free yeah great awesome and how did how did that come about did was that finding that purpose easy or does it like maybe in hindsight it feels easy but do you remember going through that process and just kind of re like iterating on on ideas like what is it we do what is mm. it who do we do it for you know what is our why if you coin mm. simon Sinek's statement did you go through that over and over and over again i wish it was that sophisticated it's uh if i look back it was ultimately more about let's help one person at a time forget the huge blue ocean like how do we make a difference for that person who's called us they're asking for help you know i think about a a particular family and a lady in northern new south wales and she's been looking after her daughter who's mid-30s now uh, cerebral palsy has a spinal injury she's been looking after her by herself for over 30 years so well before the introduction of the ndis and when someone like that is reaching out to you for help, they need support, they need a new support worker team in place. That's a big driver to say, let's just focus on you and let's learn 
And guess what? There's going to be a lot more families like you around as well. Yeah, absolutely. Solving one problem at a time. That's it. Yeah, that's it. No, 100%. Yep. Solve, learn, solve, learn, yeah. move, move on. Yeah, we used to call it test, measure, improve, grow. Test, mm-hmm. measure, improve, grow. Well, that sounds much fancier. <laughs> so let's, let's go with that. <laughs> well, every, everything in the marketing land, like when you're doing a new client, is, is basically, you know, it's always a test. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't like to hear that what, you're using my money to test things. Oh, well, it's, <laughs> life's an experiment, right? Yeah, exactly. you, uh, you go this way, you go that way. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and so, mate, where has, I guess, the funding come from? How, how did you actually fund this? Was this a bootstrap in the early days? And, and, and how did you get here to 20, almost 2021? I know, and a lot of people are very excited about that, aren't they? <laughs> they I mean, uh, well, they, 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 a lot of people believe it's going to be, you know, the most amazing year ever, given what we've just had. And in comparison, it probably will be. Uh, but um, I, I also think that everybody's got their expectations in check now because they said that in 2019. <laughs> there, there was a bit of that with the turn of the decade, wasn't there? It's going to be the greatest decade ever. Here we, here we go. And yeah. what do you do? You just got to keep your head held high and... Uh, get on with the days but yeah. Uh, yeah for us it was a really interesting journey and then through literally that experience of hundreds of coffees and meetings and just asking people what are you experiencing the level of conviction grew so high that um between my wife and i Haley, we we had lots of talks we were looking at things and we said let's do it so we actually put in the first fifty thousand of personal savings so first money in the door to get the wheels turning the basic building blocks in place and then Kind had a really fortunate journey from there. I mean, there were some definite moments where I was looking at things and going in two weeks' time, you know, we're in real trouble here. What are, what are we going to do? And uh, we ended up winning an $80,000 social support grant from Optus and were named one of the Optus Future Makers of 2018. We, uh, we ended up uh, winning a $100,000 Queensland Government Ignite Ideas grant. Fast forward another 18 months and we were able to receive the $200,000 Ignite Ideas grant and through that entire period we were quite lucky in that every single month there was stable growth so you always had a little bit of cash coming in the door to help sustain the solution to help you grow to get to that next phase there was certainly a long period and you know um after that we were able to work out how things are going and actually go out and raise a, a private capital round so we did that in uh, 2019, and then uh, then after that time as well, we were successful in getting a uh, co-investment, well, a, a co-grant, the $500,000 Accelerating Commercialization Grant. So that got us a, a little bit of, um, yeah, a little bit of fuel in the tank to just go on and keep this solution growing and, and reach more people and put us in a good place for the future. What do you call that, man? What do you, is that, is that a bit of luck or is that a lot of hard work writing grants? What, what do you... What do you call that? It's, I think it's a bit of everything. You know, at the end of the day, something has to work for a community to want to support it. Mm. So we were lucky that what we were doing could impact most families. You know, one in five people, other statistics out there, live with some form of a disability across Australia. So something resonated. People could see the value. So whether it was non-financial support or just giving us a try or, or sharing a, a referral with us, that all helped us grow to that point where other people said, hey, this not only makes social sense, this makes business sense. And that's a powerful combination. Great. And so like you're saying, and it's it's not been fully funded off the back of grants. You 
you are making revenue, mm-hmm. uh, which is the best proof in the world. You hope so. <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's plenty of startups out there where revenue is a, a foreign concept <laughs> and uh, that's a, it gets to be a bit of a worry after yeah. a certain point in time. No, I had that conversation last week with Jason Adkin from... Mm-hmm. Uh, from cake mm-hmm. yeah are you using cake at we all? love cake so quick shout out to cake uh get on it whoever you are just get on it use the system there you go jace happy days <laughs> right on right on so that's last week's uh episode you can go back and check that one out uh with jason jason actually educated me on uh basically getting mm-hmm. investment and what mm-hmm. all the terms mean and, and how you value, mm-hmm. <laughs> value your business and all this sort of stuff. I've never had a pitch for funding. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm lucky enough to say that. And uh, Good. And keep, great to keep it that way. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah. what is that like? What is that like, Michael? Oh, it's like anything. You know, if you're, <laughs> if you're trying to focus on getting your solution out there and helping people, you've got an operation to run and, and bit by bit there's more people in the team. That, that's a lot of time that requires just to... What's it like answering to, to multiple shareholders other than yourself? We're really lucky. There's, there's no real answering relationship. It's more just a supportive relationship. And we've got, cool. we've got great people involved, people involved in health technology, uh, a few doctors. We've got an NDIS participant and businessmen involved. So a really great mix who get what we're doing understand the Ford journey and are there to help out however they can. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, so pretty lucky. And I understand you've just done a bit of a shake-up with your tech. I wasn't able to get you on the show for for, <laughs> for a number of months, I think. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> that's fine, mate. Um, what have you done recently that's going to basically propel you forward from so, here? So we, we basically took everything we were hearing, everything that we knew, was part of this roadmap going forward and did a wholesale rebuild of our tech. Holy cow. So in the early days, you are talking a, a true MVP platform. It was horrible, but people used it. Like the problem was that deep and painful that people were willing to use. <laughs> this, Surely it wasn't this, that this painful. It was, well, probably versus my, my standards of where things need to get to. It, it was but, painful. But you do but have, it have higher standards. But, but, it, but it worked. It worked. <laughs> and so, um, but now we know, hey, this can work. This has an impact. Let's get the tools in place where we have ultimate scalability and reach for people. So that's what we've been working on for a long time now. And uh, it's really cool. We got to do a lot of co-design. So actually bringing people in, NDIS participants and support workers. What do you love? What do you hate? What would be a dream experience? What are the the biggest priorities for you before we can get to that dream experience? And ultimately building in a way that shapes the tool around what people actually need. So what does that tech look like in, in sort of layman's terms? Is it, a, is it an app? Is it a web app? Um, I'm, I'm sorry, that's not, not very layman, is it? Um, I do see here you're on the App Store mm-hmm. and you're on Google Play. So that was already existing. You yeah, already so ba- basically we build a, uh, a centralized platform that, you know, obviously website leads to desktop platform as well. That same system feeds through to mobile apps. And ultimately, just a really easy walk through the journey. So the first time of like proper UI, UX involved, proper tech, getting that back end and front end synergy working really well. All right. So now we're getting into the stage where I think mm-hmm. a lot of people would expect to be here from, you know, first day out of the gate. You know, like <laughs> they go, oh, I want to go and create an app that does this. Now, your MVP didn't look... Anything like it does now? Well, I mean, 
No, not anything like it. You okay, know, the, the, right. the basic system of uh, you, you could find a different person, you could learn about them, you could set up a support shift or booking in that way. You know, the, those core elements existed, a chat system, that type of thing. Probably difficult um, to manage from your end? Was it more difficult to manage from your end as well? More just the ability to reach. You know, never, never a true MVP system, something that you couldn't grow to uh, hundreds of thousands of people across Australia. So uh, we want to give people something that they love using, that's simple to use, that looks good, that plays nice. How did you get from that one to this one in terms of like gaining the, the right advice? Like identifying what was wrong and, and how to go to this new platform? Because I imagine mm. like most founders, you've got a vision, but you probably don't fully understand that the, the nitty-gritty of all the tech that you need to implement to, to get there. Maybe Spot on. And uh, you, un- unless you are that technical um, founder, that's always going to be the case, isn't it? So, so did you basic, have uh, people in-house? Or did so you we, brought, we brought people in-house. It was really important for us to have that tight quality control, aligned people, people who could see how we're growing and what we're doing and ultimately have context as you're writing code versus... Uh, trying to write up a, a 900 page spec and ship it off to be outsourced so so we do all that in-house it's really important to us to have that agility as well as things changed and i uh, even post deployment or, or sort of a, a launch of that system that ability to change fast has been amazing awesome yeah so all, all about great people really i think that's the biggest leap but and how did you, the you need evidence and you need cash and you need resource to uh to go about those projects how did the local community help you or or how did any outside influence help you within that uh project yeah so absolutely being involved in the design process so literally hey here's a bunch of designs we're about to go write code give us your feedback what would you what would you like how do you see this working for you and so that input at those early stages before you're building up that cost and that technical debt so we're able to bypass or, or mitigate some of that by bringing people in early okay was there any uh, technical assistance from the community as in like the startup community and that have maybe like been through this process before, you know, like always co- co- coffees with... Yeah, always, always picking the advice of people on the Gold Coast, Brisbane, in, in, in terms of how we're managing the project, getting our tech team set up in the right way. But uh, we were really lucky to have, uh, you know, a, well, and still have great quality uh, developers and people who are really product focused and understand what we're doing yeah. at the same time. I'm, I'm, and what that, I'm searching for, Michael, is is when people are in this moment, like they've gone, they've gone and created uh-huh. an M- MVP, mm-hmm. and they're going, "Okay, I need to go to the next level, but I'm absolutely like stuck for ideas. I don't know how to get there, what tech to use, uh, etc. Uh, I need to ask someone. Mm-hmm. Where are those people that I ask?" I, th- I think where were they for you? Spot on. I think this day and age, anyone who are uh, in the pre-COVID era when we used to catch up with people, that yeah. was fun, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyone who wants to be in this world or has that mindset of I'm building something and, I, and I've got conviction, I can see the future here. There were enough events, startup community, tech community, DevOps, meetups, everything, AWS groups, everything under the sun. So I'd always tried to immerse myself in as many of them as possible. Right. And ultimately that peer peer sharing. So other founders and so some founders might be a technical founder. I'm more on the business side. So actually sharing that knowledge and just being willing to pick up the phone, send the text. Hey, I've got this problem. I'm wondering about this. What have you experienced? And I, I think that's the best help anyone can get. Beautiful. So how would, if you ha- were going to tell somebody to go to a location or a website or, or a LinkedIn or a Facebook group uh, that, that you've 
tapped into in the past from experience, where would they go? Who would they go to? Which particular groups? Yeah, yeah, just anything. Oh gosh, there's uh, there's so many. That's a that's a podcast in itself and the yeah, laundry list, isn't yeah. it? But you look around Facebook, you've got Gold Coast startups, Brisbane startups, Queensland startups, and these are really supportive, helpful communities. People put a shout out for whatever they need, or they're hiring someone, or they've got a question. There will be people who help you out. Excellent. The same thing on LinkedIn. It's the whole thing. You. You, you find those right three people, they know through other three other people and so on down the road. So LinkedIn is a huge tool for, for basically building up that uh, mentoring, that advisory network that people need. Are there places on the Gold Coast or in Brisbane? Uh, I think, the, is it the hub in Brisbane? Uh, well, I mean, uh, haven't been there for a little while, but no. you know, you did have River City Labs River City up Labs, in Bris- uh, Brisbane. You I had mean, the uh, the capital there, Gold Coast. You know, you've got Cohort Innovation Space up there at the hospital, which is pretty aligned with what we're doing from a, a health tech perspective as mm. well. Mm. So, no shortage of groups. I see a lot of informal, organic groups also yeah. these, these days, where it's literally, "Hey, I'm helping you. You're helping me." Yeah, and sometimes that lives just below the surface. But uh, not hard to identify a lot, of, a lot of support out there. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, we had Silicon Beach Gold Coast, which we was did. founded by Cole McGinty. And then um, he had a little holiday with that one. We tried to bring that back. And, uh-huh. and that was fantastic. You mm-hmm. know, it, was, it was great seeing people just having conversations and helping each other out and talking through their problems. And uh, seeing, see, like, there were so many mm. CTOs in the room. There were so many founders mm-hmm. in the room. It was fantastic. So, um, and thinking back, uh, thinking back to Gold Coast, uh, 2015, when I arrived back from uh, living overseas, I think that was the first group. You know, it was. Um, yes, yeah. Silicon Beach, and then some of the startup weekends that were happening yeah. back in those days. Back at back at old Watso before it, uh, <laughs> you know, got uh, too popular. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we, there was a real pedigree. Yeah. Of, uh, there was a real system building up on the Gold Coast, yeah. and you know, we look forward. To, all of us look forward to that continuing here. Yeah. Specifically. Yeah, uh, and I think got, uh, Cohort are doing a great job up there. I think uh, they're really, uh, you know, creating a great great group of people great founders group you know um you know jim Rohn, mm-hmm. uh, fam- famous saying you're the average of the five people you hang out with most you know like absolutely hanging mm-hmm. out in places like that is, is is very valuable so mate it's a it's an app it's on mm-hmm. google play it's on app store it's it's on the web too i can log in i can become a support pro now uh, for support pros this this almost looks like a whole new opportunity for for me to be able to um, be self sufficient in 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 finding work mm-hmm. if if I'm a support pro. So um, imagine this like like you were saying nurses, um, there's even personal trainers, there's physios, mm-hmm. there's, there'd be all those types of skill sets on this platform. Are, are they then enabling themselves to live a more free life in, in terms of like structuring their their days and their weeks you know according to how they want their weeks to be structured so almost yeah you know, giving them some sense of freedom that's it ultimately so if if you're a disability support worker already maybe you've experienced two decades of working for these huge organizations and things can be very policies and procedures driven you don't really get any choice as to who you're actually going to go and help during the day as well so you might not feel it's a great fit. Maybe you're not the right person, but you also have limited choice in that role. Mm. Now, fast forward with all these changes and the opportunities now. So if you sign up as a support pro with Kind, effectively, you're a sole trader. Everything's about that mutual agreement between you and the person. 
So you're able to talk about your schedule, your your hours. You're able to agree your own hourly rates within limits and what services you're willing to offer and what things that you don't think you're the best person for. So does Kind help me get paid? Does it help me? Absolutely. Of, yeah. Right. So we take we take care of all that simplicity in between, all, all those needs in between from admin and insurance and invoicing and all that to basically mean you can turn up, be with the person and just focus on them. Oh, fantastic. That's the dream. <laughs> that is the dream. <laughs> that's you the take dream. Take care of the admin, the invoicing, the the yeah, mate. That that's it. I mean, the people insurance. typically don't wake up in the morning and say, "Great, I can't wait to." Well, some people do love sending invoices, but uh, you know, it means there's mate, some um, money favorite, coming in the door. It's my favorite time of month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, it's it's a good problem to have, isn't it? But um, if if you're looking at basically being a full time person helping someone out, then if you if someone can remove those hassles for you. Or, or those roadblocks to getting started is a big one as well. Mm. Then that's a big win, and we see people really appreciate that service. Unreal, unreal. It's good fun. Yeah, good no, fun. I think really lucky and, and inspiring for the team as well. Yeah, yeah. I bet. I bet it is. So, what's supply and demand like at the moment? Um, you know, is is there a lot of people looking for help that that just can't find the right fit for them at the moment? Is you know, is, is Australia crying mm. out for more su- support pros? Uh, where are we at? Mm. I, I mean, and that probably comes down to a little bit of your popularity as mm. well. I mean, Kind's, you know, brand needs to be uh, pretty well known for people to even know that this opportunity exists, right? Exactly. So if you look at things from firstly a nationwide perspective with Australia and the NDIS, if you look at that statistic on one in five people living with some form of disability, what are, you, what are we talking? Four and a half, five, six yep. million people. Yep. Now, if you break that down, you look at the NDIS, you're talking about 450,000 NDIS participants. Now, that's going to require, as the minister and the government themselves and all the economic forecasting has done, that's going to need 90,000 new disability support workers within four years' time. So there is a huge need for people who are looking to either reskill or, or join that industry and also do things in a different, more flexible way. So ultimately, Australia is crying out for, for more disability support workers. That's going to be needed to make this scheme a success. And uh, from a pure community perspective, imagine those dollars and that support recirc- recirculating in uh, specific suburbs, specific mm. economies. It's... Uh, through uh, using a tool like Kind and people coming together more directly, ultimately you're keeping money in communities versus it going to either a foreign-owned corporation or, or a behemoth. So it's a, it's a massive need in terms of supply and demand. And uh, if we look at the way health's going, you know, um, social anxiety, mental health and different challenges that we're all living with these days, it's a need that's only getting greater and greater as the years pass by. So... Uh good point that you just brought up there it's not always a physical disability that we're that we're struggling with it, it and mental disability mm-hmm. is absolutely mental health you know mm-hmm. is, is is such on the rise at the moment so uh getting support in terms of counseling you know uh, family counselors mm-hmm. psych- psychologists and things like that is possible too. Well, it's a, it all ultimately it comes down to the, that NDIS plan that someone has received or applied for, and you know what diagnosis and uh, what their goals are within that. But 
typically the way the government will look at it is, hey, is this a permanent and lifelong disability versus uh, a more episodic um, occurrence in someone's life um, in that way? Okay, forget the NDIS for a second. Mm-hmm. I'm a father in need. Mm-hmm. My family needs some counselling. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying this is true, just hypothetically speaking. Sure. I can get on there. I can find someone I can pay them. Not at this stage, no. Right. So there's... um. There's a lot that we'd love to be able to help out with and, uh, you know, control the options being given to people. But we, we live in Australia. We've got certain government systems and rules and some things live in the Department of Health that are completely unrelated to the NDIS. Some things live in the NDIS, but it's not a perfectly aligned system right now. Okay. I mean, if you, you look at little nuances such as if uh, I might have an accident and I've got an acquired brain injury, it's degenerative, it's never going to get better, and I need support. If I'm 64 years old and 364 days, I could receive an NDIS package that's individualized and tailored to me for life. If I'm 65 in one day, I'm now in the aged care system. I could receive a much lower level of funding and less support oh, on yeah. an ongoing basis. So. That's, uh, that's where we're at with the country. There's a, there's a long way to go and that transformation is going to take time. There's a lot of philosophy. There are some politics involved, as you can imagine. But, uh, but hopefully as a country on, a, on, the, on more of an international basis and a world stage, at least we're moving towards a system of that person-centred support and uh, actually just trying to get the right help to the right person. It'll take another decade to hopefully get to uh, anything close to a utopia. Brilliant. Well, I'm glad... It looks like we're on the right road. We hope so. You've got to, yeah. say, you've got to stay positive, right? <laughs> but, uh, the, the good thing is there are so many families and people out there hyper-passionate about making these changes and advocating for something different. Mm. If you're going to have a system like this in the NDIS where it's a, a $22 billion scheme, so every Australian should probably know about it because you're paying tax money for it, mm. we, we ultimately want the best out there. Beautiful. Thanks so much, Michael. We're going to have to give that a wrap. Um, we're heating up here in Queensland. <laughs> and under these a few, lights. Uh, a few little bullets uh, <laughs> down here on the Gold Coast today. <laughs> Sweating bullets. Uh, thanks so much for your time, Michael. It's been fantastic to catch mm-hmm. up with you. Uh, is there anything that you were dying to share that I maybe didn't uh, prompt you to Oh, look, I think, no, I think the, the most important thing is, yeah, we're big believers in some of the philosophy that you're sharing. Like if you can find something that helps people, it's got a purpose, it makes business sense and it's sustainable, ultimately uh, that's a big win for everyone. So that, that's kind of our focus at Kind and uh, yeah, bring on the future. Well, thanks, mate. I appreciate your support and kind words. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, we're very passionate about our methodology and, and what it's going to do for businesses. Yeah, 100%. We believe that if you do not have a business that is purpose-led in this mm-hmm. in the 20s, you will not exist for beyond the 2030s. Uh, you will struggle majorly. Yeah, And rightly so. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Thanks very much for watching, guys. It's been Michael Metcalf from Kind, kynd.com.au. That's Check that out. Uh, you can find Michael... Spelt normally Metcalf, M-E-T-C-A-L-F-E. That's the one as well. Beautiful. On LinkedIn, go and connect with him there. Uh, Tell him that you want to partner with him and and all of that sort of stuff and and be a great, you know, support network for this great cause uh, that is 
kind and, and helping people get the right support at the right time from with the right people. You can check us out on memedia.com.au and the Proactive Podcast is on Apple and Spotify. Thanks, guys. Thanks very much, Chris.